Welcome to another episode of the Miles Offside Podcast, where we talk a little bit of football and a whole lot of other stuff. My name is Oscar Puente, also known as Footy from Afar, and with me, as always, are my co-hosts, Chuck Bailey and super producer, Ian Stimson. It is 99 days, as we record, since Brighton and Hove Albion last won a football game. <laughs> uh, your relentless need to see the positive in this is, is inspiring, Chuck. There's, really there's, a, there's a decent Twitter page that's come up that is just called Days Since Brighton Last Won a Game. <laughs> and when did you start that? <laughs> and it is fantastic. I don't know, I saw that, oh god, it must have been last week or the week before. And uh, I saw it just before we came on. So by the time this comes out, it will probably be 101 days since they last won. And that is just fantastic. Yeah, that I think even Kepa's been pretty good lately. He hasn't conceded in a long while. No goals. Record. Yeah. Same as Courtois at the minute. Yeah. <laughs> I'd take him back. Oh, I'd take Courtois back. There's been some rumors of that. That is definitely, uh, what's the word, where you long for something because you've forgotten. Recency bias. Recency bias is that you've forgotten how much of a big-nosed prick he was. He was a prick, but a really, really, really good goalkeeper. Kepa's a prick and a bad goalkeeper, so, you know. Fair, fair. Anyway, uh, so, Liverpool are not paying their staff? (laughs) Yeah, what a good move. What a genius move to endear yourself to everyone. It's such poor PR. You think they'd want sort of like the public on side for any potential conversation where they might not get the league. It's almost like they they've spent so many years trying to get people to like them and they've come so close right now. They're like, no, nope, no, nope, right, this is too much. Gotta to ruin it. <laughs> gotta gotta shoot yeah. it down just when we've just when we've given ourselves a decent public image. I imagine Klopp just being like, guys, come on. I made a, a lovely little press release where I was saying how unimportant it all was. And then you go fuck us over. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to make it that much nicer when they're not awarded the league and everything just gets voided. <laughs> I will say less, even less sympathy somehow than before. Yeah, I'm slightly less supportive than I was about Liverpool winning the league off than I was last week. Yeah. Funny that. Scout's not English, innit? Um, <laughs> but it is on the flip side. I mean, obviously, Liverpool and Spurs and whatever and asking for handouts when, you know, it's taxpayers and ultimately that money should go to people who actually need it. Um, For football players specifically, now, we'll be careful how I say this because I do think that they should take a pay cut. I think most people that are in incredibly high earning to, to facilitate the fact that underneath them there are lots of people who uh, need money to live etc should take the cuts in order to provide etc 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 but the way footballers specifically have been singled out by rich Tory MPs who have got friends that run hedge funds or some of them have made a mint out of the coronavirus crisis in various reasons and also those in America that are getting done for insider trading etc etc and it's then just... insider trading again like two weeks later the same yeah, fucking because group. well if they've looked for it once you know they're not going <laughs> yeah, to again are they it's yeah. almost as good like, you may as well invite people around for a sex party that it's, <laughs> you know it's just so ridiculous that people people would never believe it's true Carl uh, Walker legend um, <laughs> but yeah that's that's a bit much and a lot of footballers have come out and very astutely put how ridiculous it is that they are the one like they're happy to do things and a lot of footballers do do those things the clubs should be coming forward and putting these proposals, which they have with a meeting last week. But you've, you know, they've, they've, they're working out the fact that if you did actually give, cut all of our money by some of them were saying like cut their wages to twenty percent or something stupid, right? The government's actually going to lose money because of the amount of tax that they make off of footballers' wages. Yeah, the, the problem I've got with it is that you've got a combined wealth of Premier League owners. Of something ridiculous, like I mean, it's it's in the hundreds of billions. Mm-hmm. Like, and again, I I sort of mentioned it with the airlines that if your business isn't able, and I'm talking big business here, I'm not talking small businesses, obviously. But if your business isn't able to shelter a couple of months of issues, then there's something wrong with your business model. Now, the football business model has always been broken. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. Because it because it is at this level, it's run by people who've got more money than they know what to do with. Why is the onus on footballers to come forward and say, we think we should take a pay easy, cut? Easy targets and faces, aren't they? They're names to, to associate with it. I mean, you've got, like you just said, the balancing act is ridiculous because you've got Man City have just come out and said that they'll pay everyone. Funny that, just after Liverpool have had their <laughs> yeah. <legs>. like, right. <laughs> The PR push is big there. 
Here's here's a little things to get us on UEFA's good side before that appeal kicks in. Um, and then you've got Burnley coming out and saying that they're worried potentially if in a couple of months because of the amount of costs that they have if things don't change that they would potentially go under or, or have real financial hardship. It's a weird kind of in the same league in the same country. Yeah, true. You've got this huge dichotomy of uh, of the landscape of, of, of finances with clubs. But yeah, it's it's... Just because footballers, like you see them and you know them, or kids have posters on their walls, or they try to be those people, they're they're just such easy targets. When a lot do do things, yeah. There's been so many stories of people donating obscene amounts of money, like players and stuff, anonymously, and then it comes out after the fact. Which, like, yeah, sure, you can take that with a grain of and salt. It's of never like, enough because they look at a percentage of whatever, and you're like, right, oh, exactly. they've only given two weeks' wages. Like, I'm sorry, it's all relative. If I came up to any of these absolute fucking reprobate scumbags on the street and said right i'm gonna take two weeks wages off you they would kick the fuck off it, it, it's all relative it has a lot to do with like how we report stuff too because all you ever hear is harry kane's on 250k a week all we talk about how much money these players make all the time so then naturally when something bigger happens we're like wait a minute yeah. you know who has a lot of fucking money those people that we talk about how much money they have all the time yeah and I'm not the first one to say it, obviously, but it smacks of like a lot of these players came from working class or even worse backgrounds sometimes. Yeah. Oh, players like Raheem Sterling using his money to buy his mum a house. Yeah, what a bastard. But it smacks of people being like establishment being pissed off with new money. It's focused the wrong way. Club owners, the vast majority, but fair enough, there will be um, exceptions. Like you mentioned, Burnley might be struggling or whatever. I don't know the sort of... Yeah, but Liverpool isn't in that fucking group. Exactly. Liverpool isn't in that group. There are so many clubs at this Premier League level that aren't in that group and they they could afford to just cover these contracts for a few months. It doesn't even... It won't even make a dent in some of these people's wealth. So why why is it on footballers, who some of them might be in their early 20s and only just making serious money... And they might have bought houses and stuff. I'm not trying to say, you know, poor me, poor me for the footballers or whatever. But it's ridiculous that the onus goes on them. It should have been the the club owners saying what they're going to do to sort the situation out. Not footballers need to take a pay cut. And for, yeah, like you say, Chuck, an MP live on TV to say, oh, yeah, they should be taking a pay cut. When he's got, like you say, no doubt got mates who are earning silly money probably off of the back of it. Fuck off. Um, it's it's looking the wrong way. It's ridiculous. I mean, Abramovich has a yacht. One single yeah. <laughs> yacht that's worth $1.5 billion with a B dollars. Ridiculous. Like, that's how rich he is. Is that the one that's one yard shorter than being classified a cruise liner? Probably. I don't know that fact about it. I know it has like tactical anti-aircraft defense laser and missile systems on board. Awesome. <laughs> how bad... Are your enemies if you need laser defense systems on your bloody boat? <laughs> nah, Who dude, the, hates the, you that much? the paparazzi laser is my favorite one. It literally knows with like 360 degree range when a camera is being pointed at it within a certain amount of distance, and it destroys the lens of the camera so that not yes. not only does it not take a picture of the boat, it can never take a picture again. <laughs> so, so what you're saying is, if you're on his boat, don't take a selfie. That's right, exactly. Just or just don't point it towards the, the thing. Fucking hell, Roman. Look, <laughs> look, I'll say this. If these clubs and these industries didn't have enough savings to handle a medical emergency, then maybe they shouldn't have been having so much avocado toast. I'm just saying. If one <laughs> exactly. medical emergency can come in and wipe them out, and they don't have enough saved up to handle a few months... Buying coffee, buying coffees every day, every day. and yep. avocado on toast. These fucking Ridiculous. hipsters. <laughs> Hipster clubs like Bournemouth. Exactly. God. Turns out it's not that easy to have three months uh, just money saved away, is it? It's not that no, easy. No, not apparently not. All right, that's enough. That's more than enough Ian's football. <laughs> Um, Adam P, uh, we suggested that we get pun 11s in all the time, and uh, that was just me unplugging your hole for this week. Oh, disgusting! (laughs) And uh, Adam P, we gave the suggestion that he come up with a Premier League fish 11, and uh, within a mere couple of hours, he then came forward with something quite special. Um, so, is this a feature? Has he somehow given himself a feature? Yeah. I wonder whether we shouldn't just get listeners to suggest topics that Adam can then pun 11 for us, because it's a skill, and I think he's quite bored. 
um, call it uh, the Punder Wall. Good, we'll mm. workshop it. Okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, not we won't physically workshop it because of social distancing, but we'll do it on a Zoom meeting or something. So anyway, a fish eleven. So it starts off with uh, in goal, Asmir beggar fish. Yeah. Right. It's, it's, it's a basic start, but softball in it. Summing in, summing in a softy. Don't. Start. Chuck. <laughs> Um, Aaron Cresswale. Okay. Okay. Not a fish, but not a fish. <laughs> it's a mammal. Not, not, not great so far. <laughs> uh, Gobi Alderviroid. Uh, yeah. Gobi Gobi a fish. I thought yep. that was an Indian thing, which is maybe the name for what's Alu Gobi. That's an Indian dish, isn't it? It is. Oscar's yeah. Not I can't know. remember, can't I remember what it is. Potatoes. Yeah. This feature's not started well. No. Um, okay. Uh, soul Matip. Right, okay. Happier. Happier, yeah. We're, we're finally, we're doing fish. <laughs> At least. Um, Aaron Wan Bis Haddock. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> Koi Keen. Right. Solid. Okay. That's solid. Right, yeah. Middle, still, this, this would be, should be... Shouldn't necessarily be a high point so far, Koi Keen. <laughs> yeah, I think okay. that should very much be the bread in the. Okay, okay, yeah. Uh, Jesse Linkarp. Oh, oh, I don't like the you guy. You just don't like him I like anyway. So. <laughs> it's his best one so far, that's for sure. Okay. Uh, Sharko Anatovich. Okay. <laughs> okay, yeah. Yeah. Uh, he's also put. I don't like this one, so we'll <laughs> should have stick with the first one. If you want to be stricter about formation, you can have place and mount. Uh, I've got no idea about this one. Um, tilapian right. Fantastic. Yes, I'm in. Isn't I'm that in, where I'm babies in. come from? The, t- the tilapian tubes. <laughs> Good lord! <laughs> I thought the tilapia was outside. <laughs> oh, <laughs> we're punning on puns. Oh yeah. <laughs> what the mighty Boucher? We're Jenga joking. <laughs> Beautiful. Right. So t- tilapia. What's the? What's the? I know it's Ian Wright. I'm aware of that bit. What's, <laughs> um, what's a? Is it a tilapia? Yeah, a tilapia. It's a fish. Is it? It's one you eat. Is it? Yes. It's not the most exciting. Okay. What fish? Off the top of your head, right now, what fish don't you eat? Fugu. But but notably, I mean, you do eat it. By definition, you do eat it because I know about it. Yeah. Purely from the Simpsons episode. Oh, that's the poison one. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say the puffer fish. Okay. You got another fish that people don't eat? Sea urchins. I mean, eat it. Literally eat it. Just have a go. Part of sushi. They eat it. <laughs> oh, do they? Yeah. Can't Who's remember they? the name for it. <laughs> right. Uh, Sylvan Eelbanks Hake. Oh, come oh, on. Wow, that is... Too much. <laughs> come on. Too much. <laughs> too much. You can't have too much. He is, he is floundering. Ew. Oh, God. <laughs> um, Eric Cantuna. Okay. Ah, prick. Yeah, no. Don't I like, like the guy. Wait, so... I guess I should have picked up on this with Koi Keen, but I guess these aren't all current players. Oh, fucking hell. <laughs> when I did the, uh, oh yeah, Tilapia and Wright, Ian Wright's retired too. Yeah, I should have picked up on this yeah. a lot sooner. <laughs> I mean, don't, I think we've been overly hard. When I made the Penis 11, it was all currently active fantasy players, so. Oh, word, I'm sorry, Adam, I'm sorry about the level of criticism <laughs> I didn't realise there were so many rules being brought into no, this. No, me neither. Uh, we've also got a ref and a manager. The ref is Pike Dean. Fantastic. <laughs> Would it be even better if he put Pike Bream, but... Oh, oh Adam, you're being taken to school here. <laughs> and uh, the manager is uh, Salmon Allardyce. <laughs> Oscar is stony-faced. Yeah, no, this, I got nothing here. This, this feature is dying to death. Yeah. No, no, it isn't. Long live. Right. Well, I'm sorry, Adam. I don't know what to say. It's been a disaster. Yeah. Unmitigated. It really hasn't. I want this every week. I, thought, I read it. I thought it was great. <laughs> just Oscar's just stayed stony face throughout. Um, if you want to suggest a topic for Adam P to... He's never want to, going to want to do it again. Just <laughs> never going to want to do it again. But, you know, on the off chance he does... Then uh, send the topic in, and we'll see. You know if what? Adam Since can... I feel bad about I feel bad about how mean I was, so I'll just give him a quick plug. He also has a podcast called Adam in Audio, and it's pretty good for an Arsenal fan. <laughs> has, he, has he recorded any? This Not in year? a long time, but it's there. Oh. It exists. Yeah, get back on it, Adam. Come on, what have you got to do other than record a podcast? Shave your head. Yeah, he's done yeah, that. He, sh- he shaved his head. Yeah. So did Ian, I think. 
Yeah, I got the I got Kelly to do it with a beard trimmer. It was my beard trimmer, not hers. Bick it. Um, sorry. Get a bick on it. No, I'm not going to go. Yeah, that get far. it in. I've been thinking about doing that actually too. And I'm not even balding. I just want to see what it would look like if I like shaved, shaved because I'm fucking just something to do. Yeah, I'm I'm stuck inside for the next two, three, five, seventeen months, whatever it's going to be anyway. So. <laughs> oh dear. Oh shit. Uh, sorry, I forgot I'm making bread. I'll be back in a second. <laughs> Of course you are. Very yeah, unprofessional. Uh, you just make him bread. Yeah. <laughs> he, he threw his bread baker off the side, didn't he? Isn't that the... Oh, I didn't tell you? Oh, I'll be back in a sec. I'll tell you all about it. Okay. <laughs> well, hold on then, listeners. Yeah. Um, we're just going to fill here then for what a, a bit. What a tease. What a tease. What an absolute... Who just makes bread? Who does that? I suppose well, he's not got a lot on. Well, we can't make bread because you can't buy flour for love nor money at the minute. This is true. Um... I went to my local supermarket four days in a row. Um, it was my one trip outside before anyone starts criticising Good. me. Good. It was my one trip outside. Four days in a row, no eggs. No eggs. There are two days, I walked in, I was just walking around the supermarket. I'm like, well, I'll just, I'll just leave. Nothing, <laughs> just nothing here. Just a trip out. <laughs> nothing here. I've already, I've already got everything. I think London supermarkets are struggling more than elsewhere because... Mine's been all right for a while now, to be honest. Even toilet roll. I'm actually taking toilet roll into work tomorrow for a Just colleague of mine. Yeah, who hasn't who hasn't got any. To be fair, though, I mean, I saw in the big supermarket I went to today, uh, full full aisle of toilet roll. Yeah. Um, but in my local sainsbury's even before coronavirus there was never any food on the shelves <laughs> so like, just a wasteland <laughs> it, it fucking is jesus christ we don't have to leave this bit in but fuck me it's a like a destitute depressing place <laughs> fucking local sainsbury's. sorry boys very unprofessional how's the bread looking the dough looks good delicious we yeah not your best right okay let's get into questions johnny worthington he asks uh, is it right for me to online order £88 worth of beers and two sets of slippers? Um, my return question is, what else are you going to spend your money on? Correct. Quarantine rules. There are no rules. It's just a weird... I mean, it depends what beers. Like, is he getting some microbrew? It's almost definitely going to be one of these, like, Beer 52 things. You're not going to like it. No, no, I'm not. It's going to be made of, like, dandelions or something. Is he getting some Coronas in there? Well, they've shut down production. Oh, really? Yeah. The, I'm sure I read something to do with that. The uh, the uh, company's just shut down production. I don't know how bad it's got sales-wise. I've been doing my bit for them. Fuck's uh, going anyway. It's a shit beer. So good fucking riddance. You shut your filthy whore mouth. <laughs> they don't need your slander at this time, Oscar. Right? They're going through enough. <laughs> okay. they're, they're going to turn on a podcast and think, oh, I'm really looking forward to listening to that Guatemalan guy. Represent Central America. No, you shit beer. It's like, oh god, what are we gonna do? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, you know how like Australia doesn't actually drink Fosters; they think it's like swill yeah. for for tourists and foreigners. Yeah, well, all right, but you can't get Modelo Especial everywhere. Candy my Sainsbury's very well stocked. Oh. It's a good beer. That's a good beer. But I actually bought Corona because I thought I'd give him a helping hand. I just, I think in the fir- even even before the virus had spread to like the western world i think their sales were down like 30 percent or something ridiculous does it have to do that with the fact that it looks and tastes like pee it's sure fine. with lime a hint of lime sorry i should say pee with lime in it just to be fair <laughs> good little citrusy kick i think johnny you're doing your bit for uh you're doing your bit for industries there and they're the only industries that i'm bothered about beer and slippers that's beer and footwear oh speaking of slippers i one of the things i did um last week was organize my sock drawer oh you yeah. put aside a couple of days for that did you uh it took me a while because i had to search in multiple places so i checked uh, i tried to check inside my dryer the bowels like of your dryer said. yeah I, pff, I couldn't get in there um no. Well, you should got Oscar to do it. He takes apart bread makers and stuff, puts them all back together. <laughs> it's like true. Partridge with a Corby trouser press. I think gravity took the bread maker apart. Oh, did it? Okay. Yeah. Sorry. Um, I thought I thought it was just a project. No, uh, the bread maker had been sitting pretty in the cupboard for three years, and then I've been using it a bunch. So it was like, nah, I want to go back to sitting quietly in a dark cupboard. So it jumped off the counter. But um, I I had some that no matter what I couldn't find the match uh, for. Oh, them, you matched so. them. Oh yeah, yeah. Matched up the whole drawer. Good lord! And, When's and the last time you did that? Never. Um, <laughs> c- 
kept aside the individual ones and then counted them all up. My expected socks was <laughs> 112 pairs. Okay, wow, that would have been a record. Yeah, <laughs> this is after I threw away some just because they were old tatty, but I made sure I threw away the whole pair. Smart. Um, yes. So my actual number of pairs of socks now is 99. So you're Watford of the week. Yeah. <laughs> Operating below expectancy. <laughs> Although I'm still sufficiently satisfied with having 99 pairs of socks. That would drive me insane. You need to buy one more. I couldn't handle 99. Ooh, ooh. I'm not allowed. I suppose I could break into a Primark. Make one. Oh, Make God. a pair of socks. Yeah, learn to sew. What else are you doing right now anyway? Your 100th pair of sock is the first pair of socks made by the one and only Chuck Bailey. Quite fond of sitting. <laughs> Just sitting around and <laughs> that, yeah. It's mm. a good time for that. Yeah. I, I must admit, I haven't been motivated to do anything productive yet. I mean, I'm still working. You're still like, working. I'm still working half the time um, because I work in an essential industry. Key worker. Uh, key worker. But... Um, yeah, I've not I've not really felt the need to do anything productive yet. I'm just sit, I am still in the sitting round watching. I mean, Oscar, you've been off for like a few weeks now. Yeah, three and a bit. Three and a bit weeks. I feel like I've n- not a great deal has changed for me apart from the sort of homeschooling a little bit. I'm not doing anything productive at all. I'm still in the sort of Netflix and Amazon Prime stage. I'm, I'm doing nothing. I feel like I should be learning languages, reading the classics. Yeah, yeah. N- none of that. I'm pretty sure that's what everyone thinks they should be doing but no one is and that's fine that we're all on the same level will it ever kick in uh i i did start after a while just yeah i've gotten into again bread making again (laughs) just trying different bread recipes Well, pressing pressing go on a bread maker let's not well you have to like pick out the things and i don't just go straight off the recipe i like try to combine like two or three recipes to see what comes out sometimes it's really bad but yeah that's been that's how i've branched out more is um cooking cooking that's a good one. Yeah, to be fair, I have as well, actually. I'm even planning, like, I'm, I'm marinating stuff right now. What are you marinating? I'm marinating some beef and some prawns. Uh, I'm going to make a Thai, Thai somtam salad. Ooh. Oh, yes, please. Nice little sunny day. Uh, I've got some carrot. I've got some muli. Uh, I didn't have papaya, annoyingly, in the shop, but I've got some mango. Uh, I'm making the dressing. Say, what shop are you going to? I mean, yeah, the, fresh uh, apparently you didn't have toilet roll, but now you've got all this extra shit. It's a new, it's a new era. Ian. Yeah. It's a new, a new dawn. I've discovered further afield supermarkets. I was really contemplating going to the Asian supermarket, but that's going into the center of town. And if I've learned one thing from the walking dead is that you don't want to go to cities because that's where lots <laughs> of people are. Correct. Yeah. That is correct. You, you see, it's counterintuitive. You don't want to go there. You want to go regional. So yeah, I'm loving it. Watch it. To be fair, daytime TV, the only thing I can tolerate watching at the minute, because fuck if I'm watching Loose Women. Uh, they're all repeats anyway. They've taken that off air. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, it's just cooking shows, just over and over and over, and Disney Plus. And Disney Plus Netflix. has a cooking show, actually. They just added the first two episodes of, and it's coming yeah, out with a little... it's awful. Is it? I haven't watched it. Is it that the Be Our Guest or something? Yeah, one, yeah, yeah. Or something Be Our like Chef? That. Yeah, yeah. Don't bother. It's awful. Okay. <laughs> just like hey people are cooking with their kids i don't give a fuck shut up talking about chuck uh watching daytime tv like when i have been mixing good morning britain if ever there's a mistake on there with the sound it's almost definitely because i'm replying to a text off of chuck like, <laughs> <laughs> like if there's ever a late fade or anything like that it's because chuck's text me with something about piers morgan's opinions or whatever <laughs> i'm replying to that just, chuck has a unusual influence over the sound of daytime tv <laughs> Yeah, so if you do watch daytime TV, I should get a credit, really. You should. Um, but yes, so Johnny, you can spend 88 quid. <laughs> um, seems weird. I wonder if that was his his basket total at that point. Seems an odd amount. It does, yeah. Uh, speaking of, if you're talking about your sort of cooking adventures now, uh, Nate Whitten, one of our producers, uh, go to patreon.com slash pod. We have suspended payments. You can get in on any level at the minute. No one's got it on the $30 level. Which, if this goes Still. on for six months, would we be duty-bound to uh, give them the socks? I don't know. But Shit. anyway. Shit. <laughs> I didn't think of this. It won't go on for six months, surely. Don't listen to Oscar. He's a doom-monger. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> just looking at data. Just numbers. They tell me They no, tell no, me no, things. No. I don't know. This seems weird that Oscar's a negative one now. Because of data. <laughs> because it's the numbers and the truth. <laughs> Anyway, Nate asks, uh, what dish would you like to learn to make? Mm. Well, there. okay. 
There is one dish that I've been afraid of for 31 years to try making. No particular reason. It's not like complicated or anything. Yeah. I don't know if afraid is the right word. It's my white whale. It's my dish that I've never felt like I was worthy of trying. You know how like I'm weird about things? Yeah, yeah. That's it. That's it. I can just end the story there. So what Um, you needed to say. So like figs, I always was like, I'm going to get figs only if someone brings it to me. (laughs) Yes, yes. We know that your love affair. And then I couldn't stop seeing figs everywhere for about a month. There you go. Every TV advert. I never noticed this, but yes, it is associated with Christmas. There's just figs everywhere and like all these adverts as decoration. One of my favourite little sound bites from one of our episodes was just Oscar going, today is a good day for a fig. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Every time I saw a fig. Yes. Bizarre. Today is a good day to have a fig. Mm. This dish has been the fig of me cooking in that I'm always like, oh, I should do that. No, I'm not ready. Or no, I'm not. I don't know. I don't, I don't want to. I don't want to. I just avoid it for no particular reason. Um, and that is lo mein. It's my favorite Chinese food dish, and it's really simple to make, but like I don't have the right kind of sauce, and I don't have a wok, and I was like, I'm not going to buy a wok just to make lo mein once in a while. I don't know. So so I tried it. Long story short, I tried it last week, and it was a fucking unmitigated disaster, so it was a good reason that I had been enjoying so, it. For the sake of the anglicized people listening, what what is lo mein? Because we don't have lo mein over here. Oh, so you don't. What, what are the constituent parts? Well, not not what we would call lo mein. Okay, all right, interesting. I didn't even know that. Uh, it's just like a almost like a spaghetti, but it's not made of the same stuff as spaghetti. Obviously, it's an Asian noodle. I mean, it's it's, it's noodles. noodles. Yeah, yeah. We yeah. Know, it's we know Asian what noodles. noodles are. Um, I believe they're not egg noodles. They're rice noodles with veggies and meat in it in a almost like a stir fry. Two kinds of soy sauce: one light soy sauce, one dark soy sauce. How does that differ from what we call chow mein? It's probably the same thing. When I have relatives come up to visit from Guatemala, they call lo mein chow mein. Okay. We have a thing called chow mein, but it's more wet. It's more of a soup. Oh, right. It's not a soup here. So, right. Maybe these are interchangeable uh, chow mein. Okay, fine. That seems like a weird thing to be afraid of cooking. How how did you cook? How was it a disaster, flavor-wise? Well, (laughs) so I looked up recipes, right? And it was like, you have to have a thick, dark soy sauce, which is more like of a reduced, high viscosity thing. Right. And mm-hmm. then a lighter, like literally in color and thinner soy sauce. And yeah. then a couple of other little things and a certain kind of noodle. I did not have the right kind of noodle. And I did not have the right <laughs> kind of soy sauce. And I did not have the right <laughs> type of thing to cook it in because I don't have a wok. So I just used a regular frying pan. Fuck it. Make it work. It, it, it was <laughs> edible. It it was not lo mein, though, on any level whatsoever. Right, okay. It was way too... So I overcompensated with the wrong kind of soy sauce because it was, like, coming out the wrong color. I was like, well, I don't have the dark, sticky soy sauce, so I'll just use more of the regular one. Right, okay. <laughs> Which then just drowned it in horrible, overly salty flavor. It, like, made us really nauseous. Oh, no. It was not good. So if I could learn how to properly make lo mein, that would be amazing because it's one of my favorite foods and I've never made it at home. So I get what you mean sometimes about being afraid of stuff, but just go for like trial and error is the best yeah, way. Yeah, no, like, no, no, I know. You can you can look at recipes because the problem is I find is when you look at a recipe and you and you follow a recipe specifically, the way it's going to taste, you you have a you start to build an idea of how that should taste, mm-hmm. and then if you don't achieve that, no matter what, it is disappointing in some way. So if you just kind of use those things as inspiration for flavors and get those, yeah, that's what I did. I looked up like eight or nine recipes and then just kind of combined them all into one. It was just a lack of like materials thing this time. Like I just didn't have the right soy sauce. Didn't have the right sauce, but. Then you can just use a bit less. Like if you're worried about it being too salty or whatever, you know, yeah. you can fry you can fry off some onions, whack some garlic in there, do some veggies, stir fry that, bit of soy sauce on, then your noodles in the top or your meat separate, and then bang that in together, really high heat, flash it, and then once you mix your noodles in, should you need more, you can then add more, especially of the soy sauce if that's the dominant flavor you're going for. That that way that becomes the seasoning and you don't need to worry about the salt and the pepper, etc. Mm. And that naturally gives two different layers to it because as you cook the soy sauce, you do kind of start to reduce it slightly mm-hmm. and glaze the veggies and the onions and the noodles, etc. This must have been what it was like to watch Da Vinci work. I know. Maybe. Well, just, just all <laughs> over the place. Yeah, fucking hell, man. You should get a job in like the food industry. <laughs> There's not a lot of jobs going at the minute. No, it's a little bit of a little bit of a slow labour market. At the what minute. about you, Chuck? What's the thing you're trying to learn? 
I uh, trying. Yeah, I'd I'd say the one thing I would like to just be able to do, and it's weird because for so long I've been critical of not critical, but like Bake Off. I don't understand how Bake Off became so huge. Because okay. cook- cookery shows in various incarnations have been around for quite a long time and have been fantastic and, and appealed to different types of audiences, be that the kind of uh, the food development side, um, be that the presentation and the kind of food porn fetishization kind of stuff, or going into the business running with things like Ramsey's Kitchen Nightmares and seeing kind of what goes into kitchens and those kind of things. Is that why baking... And that kind of show has just become so huge and took over the country. And then the second you said this question was like, one of the things I've never really been able to make or, or would like to be able to just do no problem is desserts and oh, okay. baking. And because the pa- pastry and those kind of things are so much more of a science. Yeah, yeah, that is the thing. Absolutely. You have to follow recipes. Temperature and measurements and 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 timings, yeah. etc., become so much more important that like some of these dishes you can spend two and a half, three, four hours on. Yeah, and then the end product is a piece of shit because you missed out <laughs> a gram of bicarbonate of soda. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or because when you mix the dough, you had warm hands instead of cold <laughs> yeah. hands. Like, so because it's less of uh, feeling or just sort of instant flavor type stuff, it's far more to do with yeah. Yeah, science because it is it really is you're absolutely right yeah there's no looking up like three four recipes and then just combining them and being like i'll make a thing like no it doesn't work and i think that's why because because like what i said to you earlier about low main is exactly the way i've always treated cooking because it's always mm-hmm. the same way my mum and my dad are treated cooking is that you just just find these things and just go because you know you make the meal and if you're not too happy about it well tomorrow you can make another thing or next week you try it and you just drop out this ingredient or you change it for this or whatever, yeah. whatever the cuisine. But yeah, I, I just think it, it would be nice just to be able to do those things, especially because I watched, there's a, there's a ridiculous show on Netflix, uh, which is called Zumbo's Just Desserts. Um, and I don't know if it's going to be on the US one. I'd assume so, but he's an Australian uh, patissier, I guess is the correct name, cake maker, but he makes all these ridiculous, like, it'll be a cake in the shape of a sofa and it'll be sprayed, it'll look like it, and you cut it open and it's got 18 different layers of, like, Mm. oh, you've got this and this cremo and this uh, jelly and this uh, whatever. And and these guys in three and a half hours make these huge, beautiful showstopper pieces. And so I love that. And and there's two seasons of that. And I watch it, I'm like, that's... I'd love to just be able to just do that shit yeah yeah yeah. i hear that too because i cook by smell i'm like you i just i'm like what am i feeling today oh i'll throw a little bit more of this than i usually do i'll throw a little bit less of that whatever and i can't fucking bake to save my life i have no interest in it really because i'm not a desserts guy particularly but yeah yeah, it's it's much 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 more of a science so you should fucking go for it man like pick a thing and make it today well it's it's late i'm (laughs) all he's got in is toilet roll and papaya (laughs) you can't move for papaya (laughs) fuck me um but ian what about what about you is there is there anything that you i mean roasting um obviously not just grilling top and bottom come on that was one time it's because i had a very busy oven (sighs) anyway wasn't it a one pot one pot deal yeah i had other shit going on with like veggie i I can't remember. I I had a busy oven. That was the point, and Look, I didn't want the to. Put oven the oven bo- had a lot to drink that night. It's it's been a long <laughs> week at work. Okay, this almost never happens. Yeah, all right. Just simmer it's down. Just been under a lot of stress. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, with Kel going vegan in the last like year or two, my meat consumption at home has gone right down, and something I've only had maybe once or twice, maybe in restaurants, is um, steak tartare. And I'd love to do that at home, but I I think I need, obviously, you need properly good quality meat. Mm. I wouldn't even necessarily be able to get that in, like, the level of quality I'd want I might not be able to get in a supermarket. I don't know. What, I mean, or is it next level shit? I have no idea. But chopping that up, what is it, gherkins and nothing, like, super complicated, but I've just never done it at home. Had it once or twice when I've been out, and it's absolutely delicious. Absolutely loved it. And I just, uh, yeah, I don't do a lot of meat at home anymore. So maybe it'd be nice to just get some shit hot. So, uh, so you're like, meat I don't, and then do, I don't do meat at home. So, what I'd really like to just do is just find a way of how I could eat raw meat. <laughs> eat the rawest meat possible <laughs> yeah, in front of my wife. <laughs> just 
an, an insinuation of cooking. It's like a presumption, yeah. like potentially, you know, I, I've made a burger here, but what I'm actually just going to do is just yeah. eat it now on a plate. Exactly. Um, it's just chopping and mixing. <laughs> yeah, and with like, I think they put mustard in it usually, or at least the French version of it. I don't know if there's like a different... Okay, yeah, yeah. I, I think I've had it with like Tabasco on it as well. It's yeah, yeah, absolutely yeah. Lovely. I had it in Paris and it was... I, I don't know if I'm just not cultured enough for it or if the flavors weren't flavors I like, but I was got halfway through it. And for me to get halfway through a meal and be like, I think I'm full. I think I can stop. Oh, yeah. That's it's like bizarre. terrifying. Yeah. But it's I had it telling you something, yeah. It was the texture, man. I couldn't get over yeah. the texture. It's, it's quite a strange thing. But then the eating raw things at home, like you wouldn't, that makes sense because you wouldn't prep like, like who makes sushi? You know what I mean? Like yeah. Carpaccio. Like no I've, one fucking uh, yeah, makes exactly. that. Yeah, exactly. I have made sushi at home, but it's like, again, you're you're just using salmon that you've bought from the sort of, you know, it's not fucking yeah, yeah, yeah. the top grade stuff. So I'm like, this isn't really what it should be. You know? <laughs> so it's just sort of, it's not the same, is it? Um, what I mean, you've had, you've mentioned a disaster you've had, Oscar. I've had a couple of ones where... Um, I, I, for far too long after being a student, retained that sort of student cooking thing of trying to get everything cheap and buying the sort of cheapest cuts of meat or whatever I could find trying to do something with it. Because it was when I was at uni that I realised I had to learn to cook, otherwise I was going to be eating total shit like the whole time. My mum did an alright job, but I, I should have paid more attention because I, I didn't really go with learning to cook. And the, the year I was living, the first year I went into catered halls of residence, which was perfect. It was like getting school dinners. <laughs> pathetic. Like, you know. And so that was fine. But then when I moved out the second year, I was like, oh, shit, I've got to learn to cook. And um, I had like a couple of, you know, student cookbooks where you had like four or five ingredient meals. And uh, mm-hmm. I, w- I was doing, but the problem is, I was doing stuff like that into my late twenties. I was earning money by then; it was ridiculous. But I'm still sort of like buying lamb neck. <laughs> and it's oh. just like, oh, oh my god! <laughs> Honestly, I used to make a Thai red curry with lamb neck that I thought was brilliant because you could get it for about like eighty p. That sounds wow. fucking horrible. Lamb. It was fine. Neck? But- yeah, it was fine. That's not even fine. a body part that you think is like should be like. <laughs> Neck? <laughs> Cook it a lot. Slow really? and slow for about three days. Oh, okay. Oh, you, I thought you were saying I cook it a lot. No, no you were saying you, you have to cook it a lot. Mmm, <laughs> sinew. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was interesting. And then I think it was... Um, I made something out of one of these shitty student cookbooks that was called Store Cupboard Tuna. And like it had about five oh. ingredients, and it was like a bit, it was a tin of tuna, some fucking white sauce bullshit, and it basically had I don't know whether it had mash or but it had crumbled up crisps on top of it. Oh yeah, that's the good <laughs> and, stuff. <laughs> and Kel still brings it up now as a stick to beat me with that I once fed her basically some tuna with crumbled up crisps on top. <laughs> As a meal, uh, and it's, it's and yeah, the name store cupboard tuna. But yeah, I was using those sorts of cooking techniques way longer than I needed well, to. <laughs> it wasn't good. Your extremely English anti-flavor dream meal is making a lot more sense now. <laughs> anti-flavor, my ass. I don't That's... know. He put it was pickled onion monster munch on the top of the tuna, so it was. <laughs> <laughs> God, can you imagine? But yeah, grim. I also once tried to make like um, I don't know whether it was like a souffle or something, but it came out like uh, scrambled eggs with jam on top. Oh, and it was like again, she always brings that up whenever she needs something to beat me with. Yeah. Sweet and savory, sharp woman. I'm taking you on a culinary experience. <laughs> there you go. Fucking, fucking Her horrible. decision to go vegan. Making a lot of sense. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's possibly true. She, if yeah. her options were go vegan or eat lamb neck. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking hell. I think this is where the new age vegans would be going wrong. What they need to do is just infiltrate meat eater households and stuff and just feed them this shit. Yeah. And all of a sudden people would just go, you know what, animals. She she went too early though. I'm I'm I wanna make steak tartare now. <laughs> I've gone too late. It's, what can I do? Oh dear. Right, let's get back to the questions then. Oscar Dalton asks, if you could pick a second team, who would it be? This will be abhorrent, obviously, to you guys as native Europeans or whatever. Hashtag 
anti-Brexit, pre-Brexit. Um, <laughs> but I kind of already, in a certain sense, have a second team, if you will. Um, because obviously, as you know, there you just kind of had to like adopt anything you could find that was on TV that was easy to watch. Mm-hmm. And at first, the only thing that was on TV was the German League. Uh, way, way, way back in the day on Spanish language networks. But it was the only thing, the only soccer I could watch between World Cups. And obviously Germany being my favorite country, favorite team to begin with, um, I would watch the Bundesliga. So my first club team that I supported, although in a very loose sense compared to obviously the true support I have for Chelsea, was Mm. Bayern Munich. I still root for Bayern Munich as long as they're not playing Chelsea whenever I can watch them on TV, especially in the Champions League. I'm like, yeah, fuck yeah. Let's go Bayern, beat Barca, beat PSG, beat whoever. So I, I still actively... Root for the money teams. Yeah. Well, you know, the money teams are the ones that get to be on TV internationally. So yeah, yeah, it does make sense. Um, I have a couple of Bayern jerseys. I actually have, for my birthday in 2012, I asked for a Bayern jersey because it had been a while since I got one. And Emily got it for me with Schreinsteiger on the back. And it's the exact jersey that he was wearing in the Champions League final against Chelsea with the penalty that he missed that then ended up leading to us winning. So it's very, very bittersweet because he's my, one of my favorite players. I like Bayern Munich and I have that jersey, but it feels like I got it as like almost maliciously as like, Haha, you missed the yeah, penalty yeah. <laughs> and Chelsea won the Champions League. So That happened. Loftus-Cheek got injured. Uh, you had a Torres shirt. Correct. Um, these are all things that are adding up. That <laughs> yep, Pulisic. When you get names on backs. Yeah, yep, Pulisic. I got a Pulisic jersey. He played all of like five games his whole yep. first year. Then coronavirus. <laughs> so... <laughs> Jesus. Is it my fault? Sorry, guys. It might be. It might be your fault, yeah. You're like Drake, but less popular. Well, depends who you ask. <laughs> we have been compared. True. Yeah, to be fair, you're more popular to me than Drake. Oh, thank you. Oh, that's the nicest thing you've ever that's said. one of the nicest things you've ever said. <laughs> you don't know how much I hate Drake. So, yeah, still. <laughs> Just above Drake. <laughs> Chuck, any second team? Second, um... I don't think Chelsea. <clears throat> I don't think. Uh, weirdly, even before you. Uh, no, uh, no, not even really. Do it, no, do it. come on. He's got. He's so close, Ian. He's so close. I know. There's. I mean, we've had conversations about this. How you've been frustrated by the fact that because of me supporting Palace, you would get emotionally invested in Palace games. Yeah, absolutely. I know a pair of you have said that. Yeah. Um, and I've also had many friends that because I think that's just a natural underdog spirit that brings out in people because i've had so many people message me and say for fuck's sake why did you have to make me like palace (laughs) even the one friend of mine that i have that is a brighton fan he would message me yeah yeah yeah. we're we're, we're all right he's fine his name's darren name's Darren day like oh no you'll enjoy that he's a lovely lovely bloke um not like the rest of them the rest of them i don't like he's all right what darren Um, days or brighton fans um brighton fans don't like brighton fans so Chelsea, I kind of have a thing with ish. They just, you know, all that Kepa bullshit and they're fucking idiots. They can crack on. But I, I don't really have a second English team. I kind of, I think as a kid, you grow up and you, when you look at other countries or like when you get the chance, you do want jerseys from, from other teams. So I remember as a kid having like uh, jerseys for the two Milan teams, yeah. uh, for Real, for Barca. Oh, you were a collector. Yeah, well, uh, when you go to Caribbean islands and they have, you know, dodgy copies, yeah, yeah. You, you pick up a few. <laughs> um, and just various other teams. So I'd, I'd say probably Germany, the team I like the most was probably Dortmund. Um, no real particular reason, just liked them. Uh, always Barcelona over Real Madrid. Always. Mm-hmm. Have always been that. And what's the other country? Italy. Um <laughs> I like Atalanta. I like Atalanta and Fiorentina. I think Fiorentina, because they play in purple, why not? Get on board. Um, and Atalanta, like in the last few years, has, has kind of been like a, oh, I'll check in and see how they're doing, because they've kind of had like a quite a quick rise all of a sudden and getting Champions League, etc. from out of nowhere. Plus, they had a few, uh, like Frank Ribery went there, and Kevin Prince Boateng's just gone there. Yeah. And so like there's a few like names for the past, as well as this really young thing. So kind of those. I don't. I don't really have a second. No, fair enough. Sadly, sorry. So if I, if I had to nominate a second one, I'd probably go with uh, Leicester. 
like even before they did the sort of insane season, um, like when I was a, a teenager at school, we uh, my mates who played football sort of became mi- mildly obsessed with some of the sort of funny names that Leicester players of that of that uh, time era had. So you had like Muzzy Is It and Steve Guppy and yeah. stuff like that. And you like when you were playing, you'd just grab the ball and just go Guppy and just sort of do something. <laughs> Is like, it? Yeah, there Isn't were a load it? of players just had slightly weird names. Who used to like? Yeah, them. I remember that. Yeah, and then obviously everyone likes the underdog story. They're relatively uh, uh, geographically close to me, and uh, like I've got a few, a uh, few of like Finley's mates who have grown up, and they're now Leicester fans because of the season. Like that, yeah, you know, it was a formative season when they were watching yeah, football, yeah. Oh. and you're like, you fucking idiots, you've yeah. chosen the wrong one. <laughs> It's just like if you'd have like picked someone who a Chelsea or a Man City, they might have success in their coming years. But I'm not sure that these Leicester fans are gonna have really know what they're letting themselves in for for the rest of their life. But never mind. But yeah, Leicester would probably be my second team if I had to choose one. Right. Um. Going back to food, though, I thought uh, I posted this on the Twitter. You might have seen it that uh, during Finley's homeschooling, one of the one of the things he was asked to do as like a creative task was to come up with his dream meal. <laughs> Oh, and create yes. a menu, <laughs> and it's it literally is like someone's been listening to our podcast, not off menu. Don't bother with that one. Uh, no, not um, off menu. But yeah, where they come up with a start, he had to come up with a starter, a main, a dessert, a drink, and like a description for everything. So we won't spend too long on this, but I thought you might be. Interested. Oh, we're not just gonna because we're running out of content. We'll just get him on for an hour next week. <laughs> He'd bloody love that. <laughs> But no, we'll just quickly we'll just quickly run through his, and you can see if it's as Brexity as mine. Um, <laughs> so he's he's gone for a starter. He's gone for, and he had to come up with names for everything. So he's gone for this is this is also based on what you said last week. This it's at that crucial time of which menu has he gone for. So so we can see if you were really telling the truth. It's just like no restaurant trips are fucking expensive now. My son <laughs> yeah. has developed expensive taste. He's yeah. like I'd like caviar and blinis for a starter. <laughs> Not far off. <laughs> okay. Oh God! Yeah. So um, cod row and Pringles. I've told you, <laughs> cod row and Pringles. Yeah, crumbled up on top. <laughs> mm, delicious. Um, yeah, I've told you before how he's a he wears his bloody eating of weird foods and different foods like a badge of honour. He's become a right little middle class legend. Pot. Legend. Fine, you go be legend. Um, so his starter is uh, crunchy, colourful calamari. Hmm. Okay. Okay. He's got his description is crispy battered squid. Oh, that wasn't the description. No, that's the title of the dish. He's got like a title, you know, and then he's got to do a description. This was what the homework was. Uh, Crispy battered squid rings with a delicious duo of garam masala dip and black squid ink mayonnaise. What a little tosser. Yeah. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Let's not go into this too much because I'd hate to shoot the boy down. Yeah, he's nine. He's nine. I feel the description mm. of crunchy, colourful calamari. I don't think that when something is beige, brown and black, you can call it <laughs> colourful. Seems pretty colourful to me. <laughs> Everything does. <laughs> also, it's not colourful to me. Just to be clear, that's not how colourful this squid, squid ink mayonnaise and, and garam masala dip. Squid ink mayonnaise sounds fucking delicious. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Which is weird because you hate curry. No, no, no. Squid ink mayonnaise sounds good. I want nothing oh, to do okay. with the other thing. Garbage. Fuck off. <laughs> right, okay. God, he's going to listen to this and be very Colourful. <laughs> Colourful, fiddly. <laughs> Maybe you're getting tested, Ian. He might not. Yeah, good point. Yeah. Good Again, point. not how colorblindness works. <laughs> depends. It depends. It might be. Maybe he is colorblind and he thinks it's green. That's true. Maybe he's just thick. I don't... Oh, all right, simmer down. <laughs> Sorry, I keep forgetting this is your son. Uh, progeny, right. Okay. Yeah, okay. His main is blisteringly hot buffalo wings, which goes along with what we were saying Okay, before. the fact he's doing chicken wings for main... Yeah, yeah, I know, I, I said I to care. him as well. But he then went, well, if we do enough of them... <laughs> I went, yeah, fair enough. That's true. Yeah, so he's gone 24 chicken wings, deep Ooh, fried yeah. for spectacularly crispy skin with mouth-wateringly hot buffalo sauce Shit. to wow. cool down this heat fest a creamy Stilton dip. Oh, he's my wow. son. He's my son. I just want to sing father and son. I tell you what, if, if he wants to call beige, brown and black colourful, he can do what he wants. Crack on. 
Happy he's just that. said he's nine years old, and he just said his mane is specifically twenty-four wings. <laughs> oh, no. yeah. A very specific number. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. It's always multiples of six wings. That is, uh, yeah. Why is that? Don't know. Because that's how many fingers you have. Obviously. I mean, he is from the Midlands. His dessert. <laughs> His dessert. He's just called. <laughs> this is definitely he's getting inspiration from his father clearly his dessert was called sugar festival and it's a warm gooey caramel and chocolate brownie and sweet cookie dough ice cream uh comes with plump fluffy marshmallows and crumbly shortbread sprinkles oh <laughs> he's a genius get this kid in a culinary school right now yeah he's an artist he's got to work on his uh his appetizers his uh starters I, I, no, I'm I'm down with calamari as a starter. I just I just think the title is misleading. Like just because there's three different colours there doesn't mean it's colourful. I feel like this is a real sticking point in what what shouldn't be because the kid said 24. I like as well that there was there was no accompaniment no. to wings as his main. He no. was just purely going just on the chicken. meat. Yeah, he was like, ah, uh, no thanks on the celery and carrots. <laughs> you can keep those. I just need extra blue cheese. And his drink is, he's just stolen something from uh, something we had on holiday. Not the Miami Vice, sadly. Uh, <laughs> that would be brilliant. Yeah, would it just? Mr. Simpson, could you come in, please? <laughs> Why is your son suggesting half a strawberry daiquiri and half a pina colada in the same glass? Your son keeps arriving to school stinking of rum. <laughs> yeah, not a problem. Um, yeah, his drink is a sun cooler, pineapple and orange juice with a punch of grenadine for a hot day. Oh, fucking hey, that sounds... Amazing. <laughs> yeah, he just stole that from where we went on holiday. But yeah, so that was his menu. And he's ridiculously proud of that. And uh, and rightly so. Until he ripped apart the colourful calamari, so was I. <laughs> and it, it, it's such a basic combination that it also comes with a live, laugh, love sign. So <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Fried, fried, diabetes. Man's got yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, a man after my own heart. I keep telling you, you're raising a little Oscar. It's very, very scary Clearly, for you. clearly. But uh, should we do should we do Chuck's off menu next week? Then is that something we uh, should all, ought to do? Okay, so I had prepared this, but I'm probably going to have to change the colourful calamari. Um, <laughs> <Scratching> <laughs> that out <laughs> after I've just ripped apart. No, yeah, I'm definitely up for that. It seems like a good precursor then this week because it's been food heavy. <laughs> it really has, yeah, really has. What's that? Do you guys hear that? Off in the distance. I believe we are pulling into Isolation Recommendation Station. Good Lord. It's yeah. that time of week, boys. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Heavens to Betsy. <laughs> oh, after two years, you'd think these things wouldn't surprise me. Yes, we are now in the segment of the episode where we each recommend one entertaining thing for our listeners to do while they are self-isolating as recommended per the world. <laughs> and out of all the attempts that got cut, this that's the one <laughs> that was the best. <laughs> We've been here for 20 minutes. Oh dear. Right, who's going first then? Ian, take it away. Um, so something I've absolutely binged is the first season of the BBC show uh, Race Across the World. They've put all of that on the iPlayer and the second season is happening now. And uh, it's brilliant. You get... I think it's five teams of two people. And in the first season, they had to get from uh, Greenwich, London to Singapore, but they're not allowed to fly. So they have they get their uh, smartphones taken off them. And like the only money they've got is the money that it would have cost for the airfare from London to Singapore. So they've got the money it would have cost right, them to fly, okay. and they've got to go via train, bus, whatever. They've got to go via land across, and they've got to hit these checkpoints. So they can do uh, jobs along the way to earn some more money if they start to run out. Hand jobs? <laughs> and it's absolutely brilliant. It's such good viewing. They get a real like mix of people and people that you would not think would do particularly well being incredibly resourceful. And then other people spunking like 90 quid on a taxi from Greenwich to Dover or something stupid <laughs> like that. You're like, no, that's 10% of your budget, you fucking morons. But um, yeah, the first season was absolutely brilliant. And like I say, they're halfway through the second season now where they're going from uh, Mexico City to 
um, a, a city in Argentina, like the southernmost city. I can't even pronounce it, but they've got to go all through like Central America and South America. Wow. And that's, that's the second season. That's really and cool. Like I say, with no smartphones and only the money that it would have taken to fly. What was the name again? Race Across the World. Okay, because there's a similar thing over here called Amazing Race. I don't know if you guys have heard yes, of that. Yes, yeah, someone told me about that because I tweeted about Race Across the World and someone told me about that. But uh, I've never watched The Amazing Race. It's like seasons and seasons in, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's old. It's almost as yeah. old as Survivor. It's one of the first reality shows over here. Well, knowing, knowing the BBC, it'll be more low-key and twee than that, I imagine. But uh, it's really good watching. It's definitely worth a go. All right. I can get on board. Yeah, because if there's one thing when you're stuck inside you want to know is look at all these things you could have seen. I'm choosing to look at that positively and go look at look at these things I can't see at the minute. But start to plan plan a holiday to somewhere. I think if there's one thing through all this, it's just like look, time's short, guys. That place that you always wanted to go that every year you put off and you keep. I mean, unless you're Ian, your holidays are always going to get cancelled. Cancelled anyway. <laughs> <laughs> that off. Go go somewhere you've never been. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'd advise taking your smartphone and and paying a oh, regular yeah. amount and just getting there. Yeah, the one I'm watching at the minute. One of the teams they've they've split their money up between them, and they lost their one of them lost their money belt. And I was convinced that the producers would like give them that money back or whatever. At the minute, it looks like they're just dealing with half money. I'm like, fucking hell, that Oof. is brutal. Like they're going to be absolutely fucked. But yeah, just see someone someone in I don't know where they were Honduras or something just uh, managed to find a money belt with like a thousand dollars in it. So, happy Oof. days. Wow, they might even be uh, desperate enough to eat tuna and crisp for, as a meal. Maybe. Steady. <laughs> Steady now. What about you, Chuck? What do you got? Um, do, do, do. So, what did we say? So, last week we were very TV heavy. Oh, I, I started doing some yoga every day. Oh, wow. nice. How's that going? Mm, good. It's a good, like, like, not a lot. So, I found, I just, just go on YouTube and find something. So, although it is kind of trying to do something without screens, obviously, you you know, need the screens, and I don't like running, um, so I don't want to, um, so I won't. Um, no you can't amount, make me. no amount of quarantine is going to make that happen again. I did that. That's like a hobby I used to have in my in my teen years when I was an idiot. So something low impact and good, and and yeah, just just follow along. It's really good, and and just kind of it, there is a lot to it that might seem a bit awkward or funny, but just buy into it and just do it, like take the breathing exercises seriously try to ground yourself try to connect your body especially at the minute because you know emotionally there's quite a lot going on it's quite a good release not just physically and in your joints and what have you but but also mentally it's quite good and and cleansing just to go you know what things are all right so yeah that's what i've been doing very Very nice very nice yeah that's like wholesome and everything yeah okay lovely well what about you oscar uh well we rented another one of those like home premiere you know, direct from theaters kind of thing. Okay. So we watched the Sonic, the Hedgehog movie, which I was fully expecting to hate. Uh, and I did not. I, we were genuinely laughing. We were having a good time. There, it, it was very, very silly. It's like decidedly a kid's movie. But it was funny. There was a lot. If you grew up playing Sonic like I did, then there was a ton of like, you know, the rings made the right sounds. Okay. And like there was references to like him getting in a ball and doing like a Sonic spin dash. And just, just little things like that. Um, but overall... Definitely enjoyable, a solid way to spend a couple hours. Um, and the other thing we tried, and this was from the the Disney quiz lady. Remember, we did you guys got me in on a friend's quiz, and then you got me in on a Disney quiz. Yep. She said that she had been taking her kid on VR rides. Oh, of like yeah. Disneyland rides and like going to places on YouTube and stuff. So we looked yeah. into that. I didn't realize that there was like the VR stuff on YouTube. Yeah, yeah, loads and of it. And you can do yeah. it through the PlayStation VR. So we went and like yesterday I did a big tour of like ancient Egypt. So we did like the pyramids and, and you just get to like, you can pause the video and then stand in place and look around and then like keep going and you just look around and stuff. So we did that. There was like one in Paris. That was really cool because it really does. I was like, oh shit, I've been here yeah. and it feels like this. Like this is actually what it feels like. So I can verify that that is accurate so that now when I go somewhere else, I'm like, this must be what it's like. Yeah, yeah. Um, I watched one of a total solar eclipse. It was like a bunch of people on a beach and they just set up a 360 camera of the entire solar eclipse. But like there was no narration to it or whatever. There was just people standing by looking up. And I was like, I would look to the right and there's a guy like shielding his eyes looking up. And I'd be like, oh, I should look up that way. And I would look up and it's the solar eclipse is happening up there. It was really cool. It really did feel like being outside. Did get a little nauseous after a little while. So careful if you do that. (laughs) But it was really cool. Nice. There we go. Some multi-sensory experiences there. Getting out into the world from the comfort of your living room. 
that about wraps us up for this week. So thank you very much, gents, for recording. Pleasure as always to talk to you. Indeed. Breaks up the day, doesn't it? Something to do. Oscar, get back to your bread making. Ian's going to tartar some steak. Crumble up some crisps. I'm going to go figure out what a papaya is. Um, so stay safe, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you very much for listening. Uh, take care. Bye-bye. Miles Offside is a Nate Whittam and Mark Howells production.